Welcome to episode 37 of HubShots, the podcast for marketing managers who use HubSpot. My name's Craig Bailey from Zen Systems, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found. Ian, how are you? Good, Craig. How are you doing? Really well. Now, let's dive into it. We've got a big episode coming up, lots of exciting things to cover, but we're making a bit of a change with our inbound thought of the week. Yes. It's it's an inbound wish of the week, isn't it? It is an inbound wish of the week. So I was thinking I'd really love to see Instagram integration into HubSpot. There's another social channel that you can monitor and post from. Yeah, that'd be excellent, isn't it? Instagram's becoming very, very popular, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And we've been testing it out on a few different clients and just even ourselves. And there are some very interesting results. Again, test and measure. Test and measure, we love to say. All right, there were actually some new speakers announced for Inbound, which is always good to see. We're going to cover that next episode, though. We shall. Uh, Lots of exciting news there. But we're going to jump straight into our HubSpot tip of the week and uh, this is a very simple tip I've actually had this for with customers ask how can we actually block certain email addresses being used yeah you're talking about forms. like um, hotmail and stuff yeah exactly and I think if you've used this little option on forms you're like oh yeah I'm aware of this but some people might not be aware of this okay when you create a form in HubSpot and you put the email field as one of the fields in the form, there's actually a little tick box there where you can say, block any free email accounts. That's right. And there's a, if you click on, there's a link beside it says to see the list, you can actually see what free email providers are blocked. Yeah. And you've got another little um, trick up your sleeve, Craig. Well, I guess it's a way of dealing with spam because that the, the reason this came up, how to block those free email, email um, uh, providers. providers is like, how do I get rid of all this spam that keeps turning up on my site? And so one of the ways is, yeah, you block those free email ones, but you might not necessarily want to do that. And it also has the disadvantage that you've actually got to go through and do that for every form Correct. that you use. So there's a yep. bit of a bit of overhead. But another way that we've been doing is we just create a smart list and in it we say pick up any email addresses that have certain email domains and this is because we keep getting spammed by the same people from yes. different uh from these uh normally outsourcing companies and that and they just they've always got a new first name or something like that it's always got a number in it you know yes, it's like it does. You know, frank 722 <clears throat> or whatever so what we do now is we just catch any contact that has that email address in the domain we've got a little screenshot of how we get that in a smart list and then one of my team just deletes them so they go into a contacts to be deleted smart list so you can very easily look after them now you could also put that into a workflow correct just to make sure that they don't get any downloads or things like yes. that any follow-ups from you um drop them out of things and you know i was thinking this uh, another thing we often get from from customers is how can i stop my competitors yes i was about to ask you that <laughs> How can I stop them getting ebooks? Because we don't want them signing up for our, you know, our own assets. And that's another way you put, you have this list of email addresses or email domains that go into a smart list that never get those thank you emails. You automatically block them from any of the workflows. Yes. So that's provided you don't have your download on the thank you page. <laughs> well, that's right. And you're getting them emailed to you, right? <laughs> exactly right. That's a great tip, Craig. Now on to our challenge of the week. All right. Why don't you introduce our challenge? Because this is something that we both hear quite a lot from our customers. Yeah. So this is, let's start off with people often will come up like Snapchat, for example, 
getting great traction online. And so people are asking us, look, should we use that? And I think people often don't realize what channels they should operate on or what they should test. Now, with certain things, there are certain limitations or maybe your market's not there. So Snapchat has a very different market and maybe you need to just test it out or you need to just shelve it for now and test other channels where you know people are at. So Facebook being one of them is a great one because, you know, people are using Facebook in business. Like it is happening. Like we've got customers where they have conversations with prospective customers about finance on Facebook. Right. Who would have thought, right? So again, it's about understanding what these channels are. So now we're going to talk about a bit about uh, these different channels. Now, one thing I think we should not lose sight of is that you need to be doing email marketing. Yes. It's almost like the basics, right? All the channels, what, whatever channels you're choosing and deciding, just make sure email is definitely ticked. Yeah, look, and we, we know, and there are lots of studies out there, the return for email marketing is about 4,300%, right? It blows it out of the water so because you're getting right into the mailboxes of people. So if you're not doing that right now and you're focusing on doing social, maybe turn back the clock a little. I, I actually, you know what? I actually do want to highlight this because people listening to this might go, well, duh, of course we do email marketing. And yet, how many people do you know, uh, your customers, that they've got HubSpot or they've even got an email marketing system, but they don't use it regularly? Exactly. Typical example, we don't do monthly newsletters. We do quarterly newsletters. Why? Who decided that? Yes. You know, that kind because of thing. Because they're printing it. Right. <laughs> Right. But yeah, sometimes people make these decisions. We're just going to have a quarterly newsletter. And it's like, why? Why didn't, why didn't you test that? And then there's, and on, in the same conversation, they're saying, oh, but we want to test all these other channels. It's like, get your email marketing really working for you first and then start looking at these other ones. And yeah, is, is Snapchat one of them? Well, maybe. Yeah, look, and I also think every email doesn't have to be trying to sell people stuff. It's like it could be if you know your persona, they might be interested in Vivid, for example, that's going on now, right? So they'd be all out and about. You could actually send them something about your Vivid experience or how they can experience Vivid in a different way. All right. So we probably should explain what Vivid is for our overseas listeners. Yeah. So do you want to do that? It's actually happening right where you live, Craig. So yes, this is, uh, it's a um, fest, it's a light installation uh, kind of festival, I'd say. It happens in Sydney. I don't know if it happens, I'm sure it happens in other cities around the world, but it's definitely going on in Sydney at the moment, especially in the Sydney CBD. You have these amazing light shows. Yes. And where we are, we live in Chatswood, which is a suburb in Sydney. Uh, we've got kind of a mini vivid going on. And yeah, it's packed with people there checking out all these lights. It's yeah, amazing. It yeah. is amazing. Like, and people would, if you Google it on, online, you'll probably see most famous pictures of the Opera House with pictures on them from the light show. It's fantastic. So sorry, I distracted you there. Getting back. So yeah, you're sharing your experiences of Vivid. That could be, that could be relevant newsletter content for exactly. some of your audience. Yeah. So uh, I've got another little tip, yeah. Craig, is that people we've noticed don't like sending emails from a particular person in the company and they send it from marketing at my company. And it kind of is like a non-existent person. And I would actually encourage people. So what we've been doing with our customers is saying, look, if this particular partner talks to these contacts and this partner talks to these contacts, personalize, it looks like it's coming from that partner within the business. And you know what, if people don't know, you stick your photo in the, in the email so they can actually relate to you as a person. And you know what, that works really good. And I actually told someone the other day who I met at a party, I said, look, 
It doesn't have to have a fancy template. Make it look like it's coming from you. You'll probably get double the open rate and you'll get a better return in the long term because it looks like you've actually taken the care to email them and share something important with them. That's an excellent tip. And if you want any kind of proof that it works, just look at what HubSpot does. Yes. So every email I send comes from a person. It doesn't come from HubSpot marketing department, no no face, nameless department. Yeah, it's always personal. Excellent tip. All right, let's just go back a step. So we started this, the challenge of the week was what channels should I use? And this has come up because customers of ours have said, oh, should I try Snapchat? And we're kind of saying, well, the challenge is which ones should we use? And so then a couple of the ways or a couple of the guidelines we'd give in terms of how to select the channels to use. First, always choose email marketing, assuming you've got that in order. Some of the ways that we can look at are things like industry reports. And what we've included in the show notes uh, for this episode is a few screen grabs from the Content Marketing Institute's content marketing report. What that did is it surveyed people, and these particular results just were for um, North America, just on the main channels they use. So that's always a guide because it includes effectiveness. Uh, Marketing managers talk about which ones are most effective for them. So that's always a guide, kind of use those. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? It says that the average number of platforms used, social, is six. So I'll tell you the top six, LinkedIn being the first, then Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google, and SlideShare. Now, to be honest, I don't have anybody using SlideShare, but looking at this, I think I would actually... I think it's an... Un- yeah, it's an... It's un- underutilized. Yeah, it's a big opportunity. And we'll actually look at SlideShare in a second when we, we look shall. at Mary Maker's uh, State of the Internet report. But yeah, it's one of those uh, channels that people just don't use. And I think often it's because we've got so many to choose from and there's so many things, of course, it, it gets left. But um, now, you notice, shall I talk about the effectiveness yeah, of that? Yeah, I, I was going to say, which ones aren't on that list? Because, yeah. Yeah, so look, um, on that list wasn't um, Snapchat. Snapchat wasn't there. <laughs> so we're talking about B2B social media platforms. But in terms of effectiveness, I thought this is rather interesting. We've got LinkedIn at the top then Twitter, then YouTube, then SlideShare, and then Facebook. Now, I find that's very interesting. So that's the top five that I've shared with you. There's a few more in there like Instagram, Pinterest, and Google as well. But I think that that's a really key driver to understand. Look, just because we're using them doesn't mean it's effective. So always be looking to see what your return is and how it's working for you. And don't be afraid to say, look, I'm not going to focus on that platform. Let's just park that and let's go and focus on these top three. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, if you want to try Snapchat, see what's really interesting about Snapchat and why it is so topical at the moment, and we'll see this in Mary Maker's report, is because just in the space of a year or actually less, six months, it's grown phenomenally. So whereas maybe even just six months ago, it was kind of one of those things that a few people were experimenting with now it's almost mainstream everyone's kind of on snapchat and so the logical question that comes from marketing managers is well should we be using it one of the things you highlighted before is you you've got to test and measure and one of the difficulties with snapchat it's really hard to actually measure roi because there's no kind of way that you can track back say leads to a, to a snapchat viewing or things like that so it's very much something that has to be in the test budget you know it's just something you're testing on the side it's not part of your main channels but 
The other thing that follows on from those content marketing uh, results that you mentioned is, well, that was six months ago when that study was done. I wonder how much has changed. So you always need to be staying up to date. And that's why the Mary Meeker, say the internet report, is so interesting. So this has just been released in this week. And there were a few, well, lots of interesting findings. We're going to pull out a few of them, aren't we? I think one thing that stood out, Craig, is that in this report, it talked about the different generations and and Generation Z, really interesting statistics that compared to us, like we're like using two screens or two devices. They've got about five happening at the same time. And they're more image-based as opposed to us who are probably more text-based. So understanding that, that's why things like Snapchat is actually doing really well. And, you know, they're driving the market for that. And it has a totally different mode of operation as well. So in the report from Mary, Mika, it says, you know, image growth remains strong. So that'll that'll continue to, to drive a lot of platforms that we will see going forward, I think. And if you look at what you see on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's all gearing that way, right? It's all image, video, very fascinating. Basically, in a nutshell, the amount of photos shared has pretty much close to doubled in a year. Yeah, this is like it's growing exponentially. Exponentially, isn't it? yeah, totally. And you know what I think is interesting about Snapchat? See, Snapchat usage has has been growing phenomenally, but they added chat to Snapchat. Funnily enough, so whereas before you were kind of just showing what you're doing, now you're actually talking with people. And you, as you said, with younger demographics, it's with photos or with video, whereas before we might be with text, that kind of thing. So the whole point around its growth alongside other apps like Facebook Messenger is around that actual messaging aspect. And why this is interesting to highlight, it's slightly different to Instagram, for example, where you're sharing photos, but it's not a really, a, it's not so much a one-to-one chat. It's Correct. more of a broadcast. Yes. Like Twitter is a broadcast. And I guess part of the the normal Facebook app is more broadcast, where it's the messaging, it's the chatting, it's the one-on-one piece that is really driving this Personal, growth. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that's why I think when you're considering Snapchat, you need to be looking at that. It's actually about conversing, not just broadcast. Mm. And perhaps marketing managers aren't factoring that into the, the kind of that's a really decision good point, criteria. Jimmy, yeah. Very good point in terms of how it's being used and what you get in return for it. So just understanding the purpose of that channel. So we're going to talk a bit about Facebook and how we can integrate it with your website. Because again, that is a actual chat platform where you can start a conversation with someone. Now, obviously, it might not finish on that platform, but it's a great place to start. So do you want to talk a bit more about that? Yeah. So, and I think the, the, the point that we're building on is people, if someone says, oh, my challenge is I'm not sure which channels to use, should I use Snapchat? Part of the answer is, as we've said, yep, look at industry studies, what other people are doing, things like that, but realize that it's moving to one-to-one. So if you want to try Snapchat, don't just assume it's one of these broadcast mediums, be prepared to have the integration with people actually mm-hmm. conversing. And so then that takes us on to the topic overall of messaging apps and so then looking at facebook messenger as kind of a key example integrating that into your site and that's what we've actually been talking with customers um, about the next steps like people are getting slightly fatigued about filling out forms to download yet another ebook 
they don't want to fill out a contact us form because that's a bit abrupt. Yes. They might not want to call someone, but they want to chat. Correct. So that's actually the, the channel you need to be providing on your website. Now, the chat might be various different products. We're going to talk about Facebook Messenger. As, yeah, so some people might already be running some sort of chat, like there is Zerpim and there is live chat, Yeah, which Snapchat has worked really well. And all of those, yeah. And I think one really interesting thing, Craig, and I think we highlighted this before on one of our episodes, is that by using something like Facebook, where you have a large number of connected users that are on the platform, way more than any other platform, they're already authenticated, right? So when they're having this conversation, there's no barrier to starting that conversation with you. They're not having to put an e- email, give you their name, tell you where they're from, tell you, <laughs> tell you what their phone number is. They can literally go, oh, yeah, cool. I'm logged in. I want to have a chat with Craig now. And you can start the conversation. And I think that's a massive, like the barrier has just lowered itself. Exactly right. Totally agree. So let's just talk a little bit about Facebook Messenger because we touched on this last episode. Tom Critchlow has a really good blog post about how to integrate Facebook with Messenger your with your website. And, uh, and you did it, Craig. Yeah. And so I put it on my personal site and I was surprised at how easy it is. And we'll include a link to Tom's yes. post. It's just a bit of code and a bit of styling. So I've put that on, on my site. Now, what, what people, uh, what marketing managers can get from this is it's actually really simple. So if you wanted to get Facebook Messenger onto your website, this is not a huge integration piece. This is just a simple script adding, adding to your site and yes. away you go. So then the next question is, well, who's actually going to answer those messages? Yes. And here the, the answer is actually really nice because you can actually link your that messenger not to your profile but to your page your company page and then if you've got multiple people who are looking after your page or using the the facebook pages app on their phone they can be answering all of those messages straight away so it's something you can share amongst your team it's not as though one person has to be accountable for it all and uh, if you want to try that you can go to my site craigbailey.net and just message me there and see see how i respond you can see the the whole experience it's very good and i'm actually going to add that to our agency site as well i think yes, you're going to do the same I'm going to do the same so i think the key to this craig and i think the question often gets asked is that you know what i'm gonna to have to get someone to do this for me like to to be on the chat and to staff it you know what Find somebody to do it. With all of these things, if you put a little bit of effort in, you will get a return. So, for example, I told an engineering customer of mine that sells spray nozzles, I told him to put live chat on before Messenger was available. And I said, look, try it out. If you want to try it out for a month, just try it out for a month. There's a, you know, you've got your trial. And if you don't like it, you can turn it off. Within the day that it was installed, they had someone contact them on live chat and they sold a lot of product, like, and it well more than pay for the integration of the live chat, right? That's excellent. And it was because there was somebody then was doing workouts, like someone was able to message, get the right answer, and then say, oh, yeah, I'll buy like 10 of those. Like, how good is that? Like, they didn't have to try very hard to make a sale, right? It's an excellent result. Whereas if they didn't have it, what would somebody do? They'd look at the product, they'd go, oh, I don't know where that fits. Oh, I might put it, now I've got to fill out all my contact details to figure out that I need to inquire about this product because they don't have an inquiry form on the page. You have to go to the contact page. You've just ha- got them to jump through 10 other hoops to get to you, right? So I think there's definite advantage. And I think don't be afraid to test it out. You know what? And if you're, if you're, you are the marketing manager and you've got to answer those questions for a week, try it out, test it out. You know what you'll discover? 
you'll discover all these things that you probably should have on your website, on your product pages, on your about us page, on your frequently asked questions that should be there to answer what the fears are of the people that you're selling your products to. Totally agree. There's three things I want to say to that. Okay. I know I'm going to forget the third by the time I get there. <laughs> the first one is in a conversation with a customer this week, they said, oh, look, Facebook messengers, look, it won't work for us because we're a B2B uh, technology company. Correct. And I was looking at one of the stats that were, came from the Mary Meeker report where she looks at how um, higher uh, hotel chain, yes. basically they increased interactions with uh, customers 20 times once they added Facebook Messenger. So, like, wow. this is not just a slight increase. This is a massive, massive increase, yeah. right? And uh, so, But my customer was like, well, that's fine. That's a hotel chain. We're, we're not selling hotel rooms. You know, IT managers um, don't want to fill out a messenger form on a B2B technology. It's like, well, no, because I can guarantee you IT managers are filling out a Facebook site on the hotel site, right? So why wouldn't they want to do exactly the same with every other business that they deal with? They get used to that context of being able to message. It doesn't matter what the product is. They just want to talk on, the, on their terms. So it's all about talking with people in the ways that they want to talk. And so that was a really useful Mary Meeker insight that came out. The other two things I want to tell you, totally forgotten them by now. That's okay. That was still a very good one. Now, one thing I wanted to highlight, and this is leaning on from it, is that people often will say, you know, what about online advertising? So in, in Mary's slide or her report, it talked about online advertising efficacy, right? And it still has a long way. But one thing she would highlight is Google has proven it's an effective method and an advertising works, right? In 2015, Google had $75 billion worth of revenue and a 14% year-on-year growth, right? If that's not any numbers to say that it works, I don't know what is. But what was really interesting, Craig, that I found is that online video ads, right, are ineffective. And I'll tell you why, because people couldn't mute the video ads, they were annoyed and put off with brand forcing pre-roll viewing and they were considered and people so then people considered using ad blocking. So she kind of gave some things that was really interesting, which we've actually discovered in our little journey is that how you can actually make video ads work. And I'm going to tell you the first one. It's, it's to be authentic. Yeah, I think so. She listed eight items there and some of the others will make them entertaining, uh, evocative, so an emotional element. Um, personal. Personal, relatable, useful. Work with the sound off. That's the key one, isn't it? And last week we were talking about Facebook and how a study found that 85% of people viewed video on Facebook with the sound off. So Correct. if you're creating video for Facebook and it requires sound, then dun, 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 you're, yeah, uh, you're, on, you're off to a bad start. But yeah, that whole non-interruptive ad format, that was her final point, is really where you need to be. So people, and you know how, I don't know if we still have these shows in Australia, but remember they don't have the craziest ads? There used to be actually a show on TV. Yes, there was. Which yes. talked about the funniest ads to watch. Like people were watching a show about ads. So it just goes to show that if the ads are good enough and entertaining, people actually like to watch them, right? So it's not as though all ads are evil. It's the format of the ads and how you consume them. So talking of funny ads, I think one ad that stand out to me, and you've probably seen it around Sydney, 
is the Bonds ads for Very Comfy Undies. Right, okay. Well, just YouTube it. It's very fascinating. And do a search and have a look. There's a whole series. I think there's a series of six or seven of them. Okay. Talks about Bonds having Very Comfy Undies. Anyway, I'll leave it there. All right. There's, we should have put that in tip of the week. <laughs> but you know, I remembered, you know how before I said I had three things? Yes. I forgot two of them. I'll tell you the second one that I do think is important to mention when it comes to Snapchat and these messaging apps. And that is that reporting on ROI is actually very difficult. And so while the future is all about integrating messaging into your website, it's very hard to relate that back to the monthly report that says, here's how many leads. So I think it's worth, as a marketing manager, acknowledging that that's a challenge. It shouldn't be a challenge that stops you doing it. No. Um, and in fact, the third point I was really going to make is that messaging is not a novelty. This is the future. It so, is. So yeah, reporting still needs to catch up. We're going to have problems there, but don't don't kind of dismiss it because of that. Look, in its simplicity, if in your reporting you said you know this many you had this many interactions or this many chats with people, I think that's a, enough of a metric to start with, and you can build out on that as you go along. But to start off with, if you want to report it back to your management team, I think that's a good start. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a manual thing going and looking back at three notifications and you'd manually note that down. Some chat apps, like I think Snap Engage has an integration with, um, Correct, with HubSpot, HubSpot, but there there's those usual chat hurdles that you discussed, you know, having to enter your name. That's right. So I'd love to know if HubSpot, you wanted Instagram as part of the HubSpot messenger. I'd love a Facebook messenger integration. I think that would be, that'd be gold, wouldn't it? Thanks, Damesh. Thanks, Damesh. (laughs) All right. Now, finally, we we should just say that Mary Meeker report, um, that's a annual report. It's very kind of, I guess, famous in the the industry. It comes out each year. She's from Kleiner Perkins and she does a massive analysis of trends in the internet. We've included a link to it and also a few key pieces of commentary around it. Well worth reading. 213-page slide share. Correct. Gold on every slide. So action, take some of your slides and put it on SlideShare. There you go. Now, finally, Craig, um, just to wrap it up, opinion of the week. And this is really interesting. This is from the Marketing Magazine and about a social study that focuses more on engagement and not on ROI. Yeah. So this is uh, just a quick opinion of the week from me. Uh, Marketing Mag, it's a well-known Australian magazine, printed magazine, and they have an online version as well. But they were doing case studies and their latest version is about, it's called the social issue, right? So it is looking at social channels. But what struck me is they were doing these case studies and we've included screenshots from one where a bank spent 40000 on a campaign <coughs> and it was considered a success based on things like the number of impressions it got on the Google Display Network, how many likes it got on Facebook and how many people entered hashtags related to the campaign. There wasn't a single tracked KPI that related to any number of people being new leads for the brand. Of course, nothing financial, nothing that mentioned anything about business, you know, uh, improvement or that. It was purely vanity metrics. And I think why we wanted to raise this is because this is a case study, and there are many more in this issue, from a leading marketing magazine for marketing managers, and there's no mention of ROI. So it's no wonder that it's not kind of typically spoken about when even our leading magazines don't highlight it. In the US, that had never happened. It's all about ROI, right? Absolutely. You know what? I think if if you want to take your marketing to the next level, you really need to be thinking about what that return on investment is. 
Because if you can do that, you do it smartly, you will win every time, hands down. Totally agree. All right. Well, we've come to time. Thanks for that, Ian. Another fantastic episode. Lots of interesting things there. Sounded very social and very ROI. (laughs) ROI, social, Snapchat. We've got all the buzzwords, don't we? (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. We love your feedback. Drop us a note on the hubshots.com site. Hit us up on Twitter. And if, you, if you're that way inclined, leave us a review. We'd love a review on iTunes, wouldn't yes, we? Yes, we would love a review. And share it with people that you know that would actually benefit from hearing. And if you would like anything added to, the, to our show, anything interesting that you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you because that really does make our day. All right, Ian. I'll catch you next week. See you, Craig. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.